Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. Uh, one thing that I do want to tell you, you're, you're here on the first Sunday of a new series, the first Sunday of the year, uh, and you're also here on the kickoff, the first Sunday of 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting, everybody which is just one of the highlights of our church. And if you're new around here, let me just give you, I'll take just a couple of minutes. Thank you, guys. I'll take a couple of moments and, um, and, and walk you through it. Uh, we actually, we, we had 21 days of prayer before we ever started the church. We started the church in September of 2016. And we had 21 days of prayer in August before we ever started. That's how foundational it is to our church. And every January, we have 21 days of prayer and fasting. Now, some of you may not know what fasting is. Some of you think, uh, I always, I eat, I eat real fast every time I eat, you know, I just, I, that's not fasting. Biblical fasting is when you set aside something that you want for something that you want more. It's when you decide to tell your body, your mind, your, your emotions, your will, your soul, you're, you're not the God of me, that, that there's something more important in my life than this. Can I get a better amen? And so for the next 21 days, starting today, we're, we're on a fast together. I want to help you through that. Uh, uh, this handout that you have, would you pick that up, everybody, and, and look at that? This is yours. I want you to take it because I want you to do something with it in a moment. On, on the back side of that, you'll see a QR code. You can scan that, and there's some great resources our team's put together for you. Uh, teaching on fasting and prayer and all of that's on our website. You can access all of that through scanning that QR code. But I want to bring your attention to our three-week fast. As a church family, I'm asking all of us to fast together. In a certain direction. Now, we don't do that legalistically. Nobody's calling you. Nobody's going to come follow up and see, you know, what you're doing or what you're eating. But I, I would love, if you would, if you, especially if you call this place home, that you join us in this corporate fast. This first week is what we're calling a partial fast. Uh, it, it could be anything to you. I, I'm asking you for it to be food-related. That's a, a biblical fast. Most of the time, you'll see it with food-related. And so it could be that you give up a certain kind of food or sugar or caffeine. Come on, you need to consult with your wife before you give up caffeine. You know what I mean? Just make sure she's on board with your fast, but or at least give her a heads up. You know what I mean? Hey, I'm off coffee. Don't talk to me for a week. You know, that kind of thing. But whatever it is that God's speaking to you, or maybe maybe like me, you know, I, you know you'll skip or eat one meal a day or, or, or fast from sunup to sundown or something like that. Maybe a Daniel fast, if you've ever done a Daniel's fast, elimination of meats and sweets and breads and that kind of thing. Whatever it is, I'm just asking you this first week to let it be food-related. Uh, the second week, next Sunday, we'll kick off week two of uh, 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. We've called that a soul fast. So uh, you're just quieting your soul. You know, I'm, I'm a news junkie. Uh, that week, I, we'll have no media. We'll have no social media. We'll have no news. None of that. We'll just be in God's Word as a family. We'll just we'll quiet our souls. Can I get a good amen, everybody? And uh, fasting social media, you, you'll end up better marriage and better mind and better kids and all that. Anyway. And then the last week, we, we just call that a freedom fast, which really is just whatever it is that has control of you. And uh, I grew up in the church, and sometimes as church people, we kind of over-accentuate certain things. You know, we talk about nicotine and alcohol, and, and uh, if it has a hold on you, you need to break it. But if, but if caffeine has a hold on you or sugar, you need to break that as well. That's the part we don't say, Right? 
And so, so whatever it is that has a hold on you, I'm, I don't want anything to control me but the Holy Spirit in 2024. That's what I want you to hear. So the, the 21 days of prayer and fasting breaks that. And then prayer. So fasting without prayer is just a diet, which you may need. I need, but it's not fasting. When you couple fasting and prayer together, it's powerful. Matter of fact, Jesus says in the book of Luke, the disciples are here to cast out a devil. They could not cast this devil out of this child. And they go to Jesus and said, why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said, this kind of spiritual battle can only be won by prayer and fasting. In other words, there are some things in your life this year that you may not see on the horizon yet that you're going to need these 21 days of prayer and fasting together and they give you the spiritual strength you'll need to overcome. Say amen to that. And then we do it at the first of the year because it sets the tone for the year. I think it's a tithe that we give to God. I honestly do. I, I view this as a, the principle of first, that we give the first part of our year to the Lord. So starting tomorrow morning, everybody say tomorrow morning, we will be in this room at 6 a.m. 6 a.m. in the room. 6 a.m. in the room. Good. That's a couple of people will be here. 6 a.m. in the room. Coffee will be ready for you by 545, and we start right at 6 if you've never been to a prayer service here, I'm just telling you, just get ready. I, I don't know. I, every year I try to inspire you and tell you why, but you just got to, it's just one of those things you got to see it to believe it and to experience it. But we'll worship, we'll have a short devotion, and then we'll take about 20 or 25 minutes to pray individually. The music will be loud, you, you'll, so you can pray out loud. There'll be a lot of people that walk. I'm a pacer, so we'll, we'll walk the whole place. There'll be resources, uh, prayer guides. Matter of fact, right now in church, your kids are receiving an updated City Hills Kids prayer guide. Your students, your young people, 12 to 18, 19-year-olds, we have a prayer guide just for you. The whole church ought to be praying in 21 days. Say amen to that. And so and I want to equip you. I want to give you some tools to help you do that. So you're not just here thinking, I, I can't pray for an hour. I promise you, promise you, if you'll give everything you can to God in 21 days, it'll be amazing what God develops and even if you can't come to them all, if you're out of town or you got some other obligations, we, we, you are out of here by 7 o'clock. I mean, in your car. Uh, so on the way to school and work and all of that. Uh, but I'm just asking you, would you just, as your pastor, if, if there's no other reason you do it but this, on this first week, would you just be here because I ask you and then see what God will do. And I promise you, you'll be here the next three weeks. And it's just, it's just the most powerful thing we do. The presence of God you feel in this service is a result of 21 days of prayer and fasting for the last eight years. It just is. And so, love to have you along for the ride. Everybody say amen to that. I'll be here at 6 o'clock. Now, I'm a morning person, so I come in hot. So, y'all just watch me tomorrow, okay? I come in hot. So, if y'all like to come in low, you may want to be like 6.02, okay? Because I come in real hot early in the morning. But I'm starting this brand new series today called Forces That Form Your Future. If you have a Bible, uh, I'm in the book of Deuteronomy. <laughs> Y'all ain't been in Deuteronomy in a long time, have you? I'm in the book of Deuteronomy today, and I'll get to that in just a moment. I want you to have the best year of your life. I want you to have the best spiritual, marriage, relational uh, employee, business, parenting, and every emotional, mental, in every area of your life, I want you to have the best year of your life. Say amen to that. If you want the best year in your life, you're going to have to learn to partner with God. Now, some of you don't come from a, a religious tradition that teaches you about partnering with God, so let me teach it to you for just a moment. 
if you want to have the best year of your life, and if you want your life to end up in the will of God, how many of you would say, I want this year to have everything God wants for me? I want the will of God in every area of my life. Everybody's hands should be. If their hands aren't up, there's a salvation prayer coming, you know? I want the will of God in my life. If you want that, let me, let me look at me. It will not happen by accident. You will have to partner with God. Most of the times, I meet Christians who think, I do my thing, I work, I provide, uh, I, I raise my kids, uh, uh, we're married, we got our thing going on here, and then God does His thing over here. God's got His ideas and His, you know, it, and, and hopefully at some point in the year, our, our, my life and God, we're going to intersect and there's some lightning bolt out of heaven that's going to fix my life. Now, y'all may not think that way, but people in first service, there's a lot of them that believe that. That, that you just, that somehow or another, a lightning bolt is going to fix your marriage. That somehow or another, I'm going to keep doing my thing, my way, my ideas, my thoughts, my stuff. And God just one day is going to magically fix my emotional health. That God's going to supernaturally just, just show up and fix. Now listen, can God work miracles? Yes or no? Yes, He's a miracle working God. And he can and He will. And this is going to be a year you're going to see the hand of God in your life. But most of the time, as a matter of fact, I think the Bible is full of this example more than the other. It is full of the example of people partnering with God to arrive at the will of God. That you have a part to play in your destiny. That, that the, the most desired outcome of your life, you will not be an innocent bystander too. That you actually have to get up, put your pants on, Square your shoulders back and partner with God. you got to do the part that only you can do. And when you do that, when you partner with God, you'll wind up in the will of God in a much smoother path. I'm not telling you you can't get there another way. I'm just telling you God's way is almost always, hey, let's partner together in this. And you'll get, I'll show, in the Bible, I'll show it to you. Ten lepers come to Jesus to be healed. One of the lepers uh, uh, thanks the Lord. You know this. But when Jesus, tr- to heal them, he tells them, go show yourself to the priest. And the Bible says this phrase, as they went, they were healed. As they went, they were healed. There's an as they went in 2024 for you. There's some stuff you're going to have to just decide. It's not going to happen the moment God lays his hand on me. It's going to happen when I start walking it out, when I go show myself, when I go do the thing Jesus told me to do, when my life starts moving in the right direction, I'm partnering with God for my miracle. Say amen to that, everybody. How many of you know people, maybe you're married to people who just are kind of just, whatever happens, happens, kind of be just free spirits. Can I see all my free spirits? Would you just raise your hand? All the free spirits, good. They're in the back of the room. They got here late. They're in the back. Church starts around 11-ish for them, you know, just some, sometime in the morning. <laughs> and they always marry people who are, who are waiting in the car honking the horn. So y'all with me on this? I'm not going to tell you which one we are, but I'm going to tell you I honk the horn a lot. In our, but there's always, there's always, and people, people use that whatever will be will be, and they dress it up spiritually, and they say things like, well, if God wants it to happen, it'll happen. Well, if God wants to give me a better job, he'll just give me a better job. Well, if God wants to deliver me of this addiction, he will in his time. 
Well, if God wants to show up in my marriage, he'll just he'll show up. I, 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 whatever will be, will be. I, I didn't write this on the screen, but if you're taking notes, by the way, it's the best day to start taking notes because you can look back over the next 52 Sundays and see God what, what God spoke to you. So if you're taking notes, I didn't put it on the screen, but write this in your notes. You cannot have a whatever will be, will be. You've got to have this spirit this year. Whatever will be is influenced by me. If you're going to arrive at the will of God in your life and the best year you've ever had, the best year relationally, spiritually, in your job, financially, in your children, in your emotional health, your mental health, if you're going to have the best year, the most productive year, the most successful year, the year that you land in the will of God in your life, that you know that you know that this is God's hand on your life, the favor of God's on your life, the blessing of God's on your life, you cannot have a whatever happens, happens mentality. You've got to have a whatever is going to be, I'm going to be a part of the solution. That it won't just happen to me, it's going to happen through me. I don't know if you got uh, Christmas presents. Uh, I did. Um, some good ones. My wife's a very good gift giver. I'm a very, very, very bad gift giver. She's a really good one. And when you buy new electronics, maybe you got a new Apple Watch or you got a new trigger grill or you got a new streaming service or something you do and you go online anybody go online and register their products that you buy you know what I'm talking about now wait the people that raise their hands you're also the people who were early to church okay and you marry the people who have no idea where their registration papers are for anything <laughs> you know okay so you go online and you register it and 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 you put in your product information and you scroll down to the bottom and the last thing it says is did you read the terms and conditions and, and you have to say, I, I read and I agreed to the terms and conditions. Now look at my eyes. Nobody in this room or any other room you're in has ever read the terms and conditions. Every time we lie, we, we sanctified lie. But it says, did you read and do you agree? And you say, yes, 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 yes. And I hate the ones that make you scroll, you know, like, like, like I don't know how to scroll. Yes. The problem comes when you have a problem with the equipment, with the new thing you bought, with the new device you have, and you call tech support. And that wonderful voice on the other line says, did you read the? Now I want you to hear me very clearly. Arriving at the will of God in your life has terms and conditions. Now don't hear what I'm not saying. I am not saying that salvation has terms and conditions. Salvation is the free gift of God. There are no strings attached. It's the grace of God to your life. You can't earn it. You can't do anything to work for it. You can't be good enough. You can't pray long enough. You can't buy it. You can't give your way out of it, serve your way to it. It's God's grace to us. Can I get a better amen? This church believes Jesus paid it all. He paid it all. There's nothing you can do about it. Now look at me. After you are saved, everything else from God comes with terms and conditions. It's, the theological word is sanctification. Salvation's free. Sanctification, the Bible says it like this, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Well, how do I work out my salvation? You don't earn salvation, but you work it out in sanctification. In other words, 
I want to arrive at the best marriage. I want to arrive at the best leadership. I want to arrive more like Jesus. I want to arrive at the best parent. I want to arrive at the best business owner. I want, I want the favor of God on my life. I want the hand of God on my life. And if I'm going to do that, I have to agree to and obey the terms and conditions. I'll show it to you in God's Word. Deuteronomy. Flip there in your Bible. I'm not there yet. Are you reading the one-year Bible? Are you doing that? Anybody reading the one-year Bible with me? I'd, I'd love to. I'm, I'm on version. I'm reading the one-year Bible. I'd love to be your friend on version. We can hold each other accountable. If you don't see me reading, just don't tell nobody. But anyway, I'll catch up. I'll, I'll catch up. But get, get, in your, get in your Bible. Every, you can read the whole Bible in a year. It takes me about 15 minutes. I actually listen to the audio version, and I do it in a British accent because it feels more spiritual. But I hadn't made it to Deuteronomy yet, but Deuteronomy is on the way. Deuteronomy is one of the first five books of the Bible. The Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. It's actually the book of the law. The book of law. And the Bible says it like this. Deuteronomy 29 and 29. I'm reading for the New Living Translation. The Bible said, now this is, listen, I'm going to tell you something you've probably never heard. You've probably, you may have read this a hundred times and never seen this. But I want you to follow very closely in your Bible. The Lord our God has what? You, you got the class participation. The Lord our God has known to no one. If you don't hear anything I say for the next 25 minutes, you need to know this. God has secrets that you'll never know. And I think one of the most freeing scriptures in the Bible is we are not accountable for them. You need to draw a line right there in your Bible. Because the sooner you get to, look at me, the sooner you get to this realization that some stuff belongs to God, the quicker you'll be to trust God. The biggest crisis of faith I find in almost 25 years of vocational pastoral ministry now, the biggest crisis of faith is when people ask, why? Why did this happen? Why did we lose the baby? Why the divorce? Why the bankruptcy? Why did things not go as planned? Why the foreclosure? Why did we lose our savings? Why are we fighting this custody battle? Why are things going, why the mental health crisis? Why the depression? Why this diagnosis? Why cancer? And the quicker you'll, you'll get to this realization, listen, I'm freeing you today. If you don't catch anything else all day long, catch this. There are some things that belong to God. And the quicker you'll let God be God and have secrets that belong to Him and Him alone, and the quicker you realize you are not accountable to an answer, the freer you'll be to do the rest of this verse. The Lord our God has secrets known to no one. We're not accountable for them. But, everybody say but. We... And our children are accountable. How long? Now this part's hard. At first part, everybody's like, thank God. I don't have, you mean I don't have to know everything? God, that's freeing to me. But you and your children are accountable forever for all that He has revealed to us so that we may obey all the what? All the what? All the terms of these instructions. Two things in this passage. There are some things that belong to God. And until you get to heaven, you will not have the answer. But there are some things that God has revealed to you. 
And we're not accountable to God's things, but we are accountable to our things. And we don't have to have the answers to God's secrets, but we do have to, the stuff that has been revealed to us, we are accountable for. The stuff God has, the secret things, listen to me, let me free you on this first Sunday of 2024. The secret things of God are the disappointments of last year, the whys of last year, the heartache that you're going through, the loss. That Some things are never going to be known to us. They are the secret things of God and they belong to the Lord alone. And we're not accountable to them. But there are a lot of things in our life that God has revealed. Knowledge and wisdom and biblical principles and mentors and pastors and spiritual leaders and truths and books and the Bible. And you can know them and you are accountable to those things and our children forever. They're what I call the forces that form your future. I want you to imagine it like this. You sit at a table with God. You're on one side, God's on the other. Are you there? You look God in the eye and on the table are two stacks of poker chips. One's a small stack of green. There's just a few of them. There's a large stack of red poker chips. There's many stacks there. And God, while you look at Him in the eyes, takes His arm around the green small stack of chips, pulls them close to Himself, and said, These belong to me. These are the secret things of God. You're never going to understand them. You're not going to get an answer from me. These belong to the Lord. They're the disappointments of your life. They're the questions of your life. They're the heartache you've walked through. They're the times you've screamed at heaven and said, I don't understand and why. And God pulls them close to himself and says, you're going to have to trust me. These are mine. The red chips on the table, God takes both of his hands and pushes the whole big pile to your side of the table and says, now those are yours. And the quicker you and I can get our eyes off of what we don't know and get our eyes off on what we do know, the quicker we can get to the will of God in our life. But we tend to focus our attention on the stuff we'll never understand and the secret stuff of God and the stuff only God knows. And we don't focus on the stuff that we do know and that we do understand and that we can apply in our life. And I'm telling you, this series and this year is going to be an application kind of preaching. You're going to have to at some point this year decide if I want to get to the will of God, the blessed that God has for me, the blessing of God, the favor of God, God's hand on my life, I'm going to have to let go of the things that belong to God and I'm going to have to wrap my hands around the things that belong to me. There are some things I can do to partner with God to get to the will of God. Can I get a better amen, everybody? Now, I don't think this is a comprehensive list, but I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you a list. I'm going to give you some red chips, right? I'm going to give you some red chips that I think these are the things that we can know. Some stuff we can't know. Some stuff belongs to the Lord. But there's some stuff that is revealed. There's some stuff that is knowledge. There's some stuff that is wisdom. Do you know the difference between knowledge and wisdom? Knowledge is something you know. Wisdom is what you do with what you know. Knowledge says, I know Krispy Kreme donuts are not good for me. Wisdom said, I'm going to keep driving when the hot light's on. Y'all pray for me. I'm not in wisdom yet. Okay, everybody, I'm still in knowledge right now. But I'm, there's a fast. Come on, everybody. <laughs> like, 
Knowledge says I know. Wisdom said I'm doing with what I know. Are you with me, everybody? There's some stuff you can find in the, in the, in the Bible, and the, there's a biblical principle. There's some stuff you can just find in nature. Matter of fact, the Bible says nature itself teaches us. So there's some stuff that's divine order that happens in nature. That you can just look at nature. You don't need any scientist to tell you there's only two genders. I'm starting hot and heavy this year. Nature itself teaches. Are y'all with me, everybody? You can just, it's revealed knowledge. It's just, you can just look. You can just see. There's some stuff you can just find a book. You can learn. You can be a better money manager. You're not, I don't care if you were born broke. You don't have to be broke all your life. You can get you a Dave Ramsey course. You can go through the total money makeover and you can come out of that and come out of debt. Say amen, everybody. That's applied knowledge. That's, that's saying I can do some stuff. Some stuff I am in control of. It's a force that forms my future. And it, it may not be comprehensive, but for the next five weeks, I'm going to do my best to cover all nine of these. And they represent the power and the potential given to you by God to govern your life, to set you up for success, to bless your family, and to bless your children. Everybody shout forever. Shout forever. Shout forever. You're accountable to them forever. If you're taking notes, write these down. I'll give you all nine of them. Number one, the force of a seed sown. I'm going to preach all nine of these over the next five weeks. The force of a seed sown. You cannot sow bad seed and pray for good harvest. You cannot sow watermelon seed and pray for tomatoes. You can pray your head off. Talk in tongues if you want to. Pour oil all over it. Send a prayer cloth home to the watermelon patch. But if you sow watermelon... You reap watermelon. If you sow anger, you reap anger. If you sow negativity, you reap whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. It's the force of a seed sown. The force of a seed sown. I'm going to teach that to you. Number two, I'm just giving you forces that I think form every part of your life. Number two is the force of a belief. The force of a belief. What you believe matters more than what you do. Because what you believe informs what you do with what you believe. If you don't believe in gravity, you'll go to the top of this building and jump off. But the force of a belief says, I like these legs, short as they may be. I'd like to keep them. So I'm not going to go jump off the building because I believe in gravity and it affects... Are you all with me, everybody? If you learn it wrong, you'll live it wrong. Some of us have wrong beliefs, and so we have wrong lives that lead us to the wrong place, and you end up with wrong outcomes, but it starts with the force of a belief. I want to teach you that over the next couple of weeks. Number three, the force of a relationship. The force of a relationship. You are the sum total of the five closest people to your life. The force of a relationship says that God moves life forward in the context of community. Let me say it better like this. Who you are around, if you'll show me your friends, I'll show you your future. It just is. It's the number one thing I tell parents raising teenagers. I, I, you can put them in the right school district. You can, put, you can put them in the right house. You can do everything you want. But if they're around the wrong influences, it doesn't matter. You say, Pastor, do you mean you pick their friends? You bet I pick their friends. 
Yes, I do. I got young enough kids right now, I pick their friends. I plan on picking their spouses because I know some of y'all bad kids. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Because the force of a relationship has the ability to propel your life forward or hold you back. Are y'all with me, everybody? You, it matters your circle. It matters more than anything else. I think, honestly, besides serving Jesus is the people you're around. It matters. It's the force of a relationship. Number four, the force of habits. The force of habits. You make habits, and then your habits make you. The force of a habit. You are not what you occasionally do. You are what you consistently do. It's the force of a habit. Number five. Y'all weren't counting with me. Number five. It's the force of a dream. Oh, this is my favorite kind of preaching. I like to get to that kind of stuff. The force of a dream. It doesn't matter how old you are. If you're over the age of 40 years old, I'm dedicating that message to you because I read recently that, that most people in, the, in their 40s start closing doors to rooms they'll never re-enter. And it's not God's will for you to close your door on a dream. You ought to die your last breath ought to be the breath of a dreamer. You ought to constantly be dreaming for more and believing God for more and moving your life in the direction of your dreams. Say amen to that. I want to help you with the force of a dream. Number six, the force of your thoughts. The force of your thoughts. Thoughts are like trains. They take you somewhere. I've been preaching it for eight years. i got two people. I pay both of them that know the answer. <laughs> the force of your thoughts. Thoughts are like trains. They take you somewhere. They take you somewhere. If, if you don't control your mind, your mind will control you. You gotta, you gotta decide what you, you, you gotta think the right things. You gotta think to support the thoughts. Number, what number are we on? Seven. Thank you. The force of feelings. The force of feelings. You don't have to feel everything you feel. Let me, let me, let me preach countercultural to you. You don't have to feel everything you feel. I don't feel like going to church. I don't care. Get yourself dressed. I don't feel like going to prayer. <laughs> Nobody feels right at 5 a.m. We were recently, Brandon and I were in an environment. Let me look down at my notes before I tell this story. There was a mama and a little, little child, a little five, six-year-old little girl. And there was a lot of racket. I'm from eastern Arkansas, so y'all know what racket is? Everybody know what that is? Okay, a lot of racket over there. So we all look over there, and this little girl is losing her ever-loving mind on her mama. Her mama is on her knees looking this little girl in the face, and the little girl is slapping her mama in the face as hard as she can. Y'all, where I come from, that little girl would be meeting Jesus today. Her first day in heaven. <laughs> Losing her mind. And the mama, I mean, we all heard it. Everybody there heard. The mama said, honey, I want to hear what you're feeling. Tell me what you're feeling. Look into my eyes, everybody. Now, I get it. And I know there's a lot of choices. I know there's a lot of things about spanking and no spanking and all that. But look in my eyes. Look at me. You don't have to feel everything you feel. You can control your feelings. And unless you get control of your feelings, you can't control your life. Can I get a better amen, everybody? Right. Number eight, the, the, the force of personal values. The for, I'm almost done. The force of personal values. Personal values. 
Does anybody still believe in, in 2024 you, you ought to have some convictions in your life? You ought to have some lines you will not cross. Anybody believe you just got to stand up and go, I don't do that. I don't drink that. I don't go there. I don't dress like that. I don't smoke that. We don't do that. I'm just, we don't do that. I've got convictions against that. Does anybody else believe that? And if you don't, it will shape your life. You gotta, it's the force of personal values. It may not be for you, but for me, here's the line. It's a conviction. Here's the last one, number nine. The force of words. The force of words. The entire world was created by the word of the living God. And you can create the world that you live in with your words. They're the forces that form your future. The force of a seed zone, the force of a belief, the force of relationships, habits, dreams, thoughts, feelings, values, and words. Imagine how different your life would be if your relationships were different. If your habits were different. If your thoughts were different. If your words were different. Here's the good news. They can be. You're not a victim. You're invited by God to flip the script. Here's my invitation to you over this next couple of months, this next couple of weeks as we teach this series. Here's my invitation to you in 21 days of prayer. You can flip the script on every bad thing in your life. Everything you brought into this year, every hurt, every disappointment, every letdown, every loss, some stuff that's the secret things that belong to God. You don't have to be accountable to that stuff anymore. But there are some things you are accountable to. There's some forces that form your future that if you'll get them right, you can change your life. You can stop saying, this was the worst year I've ever had. And you can say, you know what? It challenged me, but I grew this year. Instead of saying, I can't make it through this, you can say, I'm coming through this with the help of the Lord. Instead of saying, this isn't possible, say with God, all things are possible. This situation will take me under. No, no, no. I'm more than a conqueror through Him. That You've been equipped to take charge of your future. You can flip the script like Joseph in Genesis the 50th chapter. You intended to harm me, Genesis 50 and 20. You intended to take me out, but God intended it for good. Come on, you need to square your shoulders up and look at the devil and say, I'm still here. I'm still here. We're still here. We're still together. Our marriage is still here. You didn't take me out. Depression didn't take me out. Miscarriage didn't take me out. Losing that job didn't take me out. Losing that house didn't take me out. Losing my baby didn't take me out. Losing it, 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 the disappointment didn't take me out. Divorce didn't take me out. Depression didn't take me out. Anxiety didn't take me out. COVID didn't take me out. Fear didn't take me out. I'm still here today. And I will... Keep moving forward. My life's... You may intended to kill me. God intended to grow me. Stretch me. Encourage me. There's some partnering I can do. Here's the big... The biggest idea I got to give you today. They're already playing the sad music, Kent. Write this in your notes and then we'll pray. Your future doesn't happen to you. It happens through you. Your future, does. you need to put that on your mirror. It needs to be your word of the year. You don't have one, God hadn't spoke to you, here's one for you. This year will not happen to me. This year will happen through me. Success is not just going to come to me, it's going to come through me. Healing, I feel what I'm preaching right now. Healing is not just going to come to me, it's going to come through me. Salvation's not just going to come to my house. It's going to come through me. Restoration's not just going to come to my marriage. It's going to come through my marriage. 
mental health is not just going to show up one day from a lightning bolt. It's going to happen because I put in the work. Now listen, some stuff belongs to God. But some stuff belongs to me. And I'm accountable to that. There's a choice that God gives us. As a matter of fact, Deuteronomy gives us this choice. Deuteronomy 30 and 19. The Bible says it like this. This day I call the heavens and earth as witnesses against you. Imagine that. Listen to me. That all of heaven and earth is watching you make this choice this year. I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Read those next three lines. Would you read that? I've set before you life and death, blessing and curses. What's the next three words? Look at me. You're not a victim to your circumstances. You're a product of your choices. You're not a victim to your circumstances. You're a product of your choices. Uh, Listen, I can go to Krispy Kreme today and blame my genetics. The genes that got nothing to do with it. The only genes that are bothering me are these I got on right now. Are y'all with me, everybody? You're not a victim because you were born. This is countercultural, and I'm, I'm, I've already preached against it, so I'm going to say it again. I'm standing in the face of things like critical theory that are teaching your children that they're either oppressed or they're an oppressor. God forbid you are not oppressed or an oppressor. You're a son of the Most High God. You're a daughter of the King. You were born into a royal family. I don't care if you're white or black or brown or yellow or purple. You weren't born disadvantaged. You were born again to the King. And when I'm born into the king's family, I got purpose and destiny and potential. There's a champion on the inside of you. There's a winner there. There's an overcomer there. You're more than a conqueror there. You're a champion. You can win. You can get there. You can overcome. I'm going over and not under. I will be victorious. I'm going over. Come on, stand, stand, stand. Let's just decide. I'm going to do what God's called me to do. I'm going to do what I can do. There is no such thing as a surrogate dieter. Rich, tomorrow after prayer, I want you to go to Planet Fitness for me. I want you to get on the treadmill. And that, what's that devil machine? The, I don't even know what it's called sound like a cuss word to me you go do it sweat it out Tuesday these britches are going to fit better does it work like that nobody can do your push ups for you nobody can pray for you nobody can fast for you nobody can make choices for you nobody can make relationships, habits, personal values but you have the ability to change your life and have the best year we've ever had Jesus. Bow your head all over God's house. Holy Spirit, I thank you today. I thank you for the presence of God. Thank you you met us here today. Thank you I'm not a victim. I don't care how you were born. I don't care where you were born. I'm not a victim to my circumstances. You may have came from dysfunction, but dysfunction doesn't have to come from you. You may have came from anger and frustration and yelling and cussing and fussing that doesn't have to come out of you you may have come from addiction but addiction doesn't have to come from you there's some forces that form the future that God wants to give you now nobody's looking around every eye's closed every head's bound but 
If, you, if you've been struggling with some secret things, you know, the stuff that only God knows, would you just raise your hand and say, that's me. I've been focusing on that. I see you. I've had some disappointments this year. I've had some heartaches, some loss, some problems. I see you. I've been asking God why. But today, I've decided those things belong to God. I'm letting them go. I'm letting the divorce. I'm letting the miscarriage. I'm letting the the diagnosis. I'm letting all the stuff that God, you can take all of that stuff that's secret. You can pull it close to you. I'm not accountable to that. God, the stuff I can control, the stuff that is revealed, the stuff I I do have response. God, this is my year to walk into all that you have for me. Now put your hands down. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, I want to lead you to prayer of surrender. No better day than the first Sunday of the year to give your heart to Jesus. If you need to come home today, if you need to rededicate your life to Christ, everybody praying, say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Make me brand new. Wash me. Cleanse me. I believe you died for me. I believe God raised you from the dead. Now here's the part only you can pray. Here it comes. So God, I give you all of me. The secret parts. My sins, my mistakes, my hurts, my pains. I give you my future, my hopes, my dreams. Save me today. Be the Lord of my life for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, everybody shout a big amen. Thank you for joining us today, and a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.